Hi, welcome again to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of August 3. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. And today joining us are Adam, are. Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Jackie Ritako, account coordinator. And we're all together again. It's been a while since yeah. we've all three Yay. been in the same room. room. Been doing some traveling, mm-hmm. all of us. And you just got back from Rhode Island? I Jackie? was in Rhode Island, yeah. How was Rhode week. Island? It was very good. Were you on the coast? Yes, we stayed about a half hour from the ocean, but I have relatives who live pretty close to the beach, so. Okay, here's my question. Isn't a half hour from the ocean in Rhode Island pretty much all of Rhode Island? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me tiny, about the right? geography of Rhode Island. It's it confuses pretty small. me I would still. imagine anywhere yeah. in Rhode Island is at least, an, at most, an hour from the ocean. It's got to be. It's tiny. Right? Yeah, well, we stayed in Connecticut. Oh. But our relatives were in Rhode Island. Okay. And they only live like five minutes from the beach. Connecticut's so. kind of rectangle shape. I can't. Yeah. I'm Connect, not. I cut. That's how you learn to spell Connecticut. Is it? Connect, I cut. I never learned that. Well, I didn't. Now you did. <laughs> I never learned that either. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, have some, we have some making up to do after last podcast to the audience because we really fumbled a lot of stuff. I fumbled a lot of stuff. <laughs> so so we, promised, we promised to get some things straight, and we promised a couple other things. One of the things we promised was we had a very esoteric, head-in-the-clouds kind of conversation last week, very philosophical, and it was kind of, I don't know, lofty. <laughs> we'll still have some of that this week. But we said, boy, next week we better do something that is just really down-to-earth and technical. And so we decided to start today's show with that right so we joked that we were going to do like the top 10 tips to creating a black and white newspaper ad <laughs> but we're not going to do that we decided we would do the top five ways to ensure your healthcare ad doesn't stand out in any way whatsoever we have to have a list if we're going to be concrete mm-hmm. and definitive right so that's going to be our our five things so number five is use the headline we care or some iteration of we care our hospital cares, our nurses care, we care, <laughs> we care about you. I, I cer- <laughs> certainly hope so. Care we do. You are a care-providing facility. Right. I've so, heard that before. Kind be of redundant. Could you yes. be any more obvious? Okay, so that's number five. <laughs> this is kind of a David Letterman half-pint <laughs> list. Number four, highlight the fact that your physicians are board-certified. <laughs> I hope so. Well, that's what I think. They're not all board-certified. Right, and that means something. But I guess doesn't really mean anything to me. I assume I'm going to get good care (laughs) from them. It means something to the physicians, and probably they have more expertise than those who aren't board certified. Sure, but to the consumer, meaningless. They have the reaction that you just had, which was, (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Somebody certified, didn't they? Did they? All they need is a certification. Isn't that something you get like through mail order? No, (laughs) we know that's not true. But okay. Number three, when running an orthopedic campaign, use the headline, quote, get back into the swing of things, unquote, and show a 60-something person on a tee box with a golf club. I think I see one of those about <laughs> once a month. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we've had Standard to do it. And we've had to do a them. One or two. I was just going <laughs> to say. Oh, have we had to do all of these, I wonder? Uh, I can't mm. think of a doing. I, I don't remember doing a headline that says we care. Yeah. No. But I'm sure it's been stated in the copy somewhere. Somewhere, yes. And I think we have had to do something board. No, maybe not even the board certified. Yeah. Stroke certification. 
That was a big one a while back. <laughs> they were the first hospital to be stroke certified when all of them were going to be, but they wanted to be out there first. <laughs> so we had to do that. And we've definitely had to do the get back into the swing of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number two, I know we've had to do this one. Show a manufacturer's photo of the Da Vinci robot or any other <laughs> ubiquitous technology and tout your quote unquote cutting edge technology. <laughs> With the doctor's head and the elephant's ass. Yes. Yes. That's a Da Vinci. Yes. Right. But we've had to do those. Mm -hmm. Great. Yes. <laughs> and we've had to Great do image. the other shot of the Da Vinci robot that looks like the evil Star Wars torture robot Chamber. from the first Star Wars or Star Wars 3 or whatever. The first uh -huh. one that came out where Princess Leia is captured and that, that little ball comes in with all the needle arms. Yeah. <laughs> We've had to use that. Yep. That's what you okay. want people to think when they look at it. Star Wars, cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and number one, the number one way to ensure your healthcare ad does not stand out in any way whatsoever, show a doctor in a lab coat, scrubs, or a headshot of a physician. Right, and we've definitely had to do that. Unless he's just doing something bizarre, making yes. a goofy face. Or but if they're, if they're counseling a patient. Totally nude. If they're over a hospital bed, if they're consulting each other over the <laughs> clipboard chart. Okay, so there, we've, we've met one promise, which was to provide some concrete, <laughs> down-to-earth <laughs> advice that people can take and use. Not quite to the level of black and white ad, but good enough. All right. And thanks for spending this time with us this week. We'll see you, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> That's it. Very in-depth. Okay, so now we're going to get back head in the clouds a little bit. Not too bad. Uh, but I was quoting uh, a book, and I totally chopped up what I was trying to say. I, was, I uncovered the hidden disease polo. <laughs> <laughs> I did all kinds of bad things. So... I have the book in front of me. It's called The Innovator's Prescription, A Disruptive Solution for Healthcare by Clayton M. Christensen. Also by Jerome H. Grossman, MD, and Jason Huang, MD. So there's the specifics for you. The word I was looking for last time was infectious disease. Mm. I, was, I was trying to think of the diseases that don't happen a lot and they spread around and couldn't come up with infectious. Infect. What's that? And they infect. And they did, infect. You, did you use that and word? I, and I landed on polo. <laughs> Which I don't even know if polio is an infectious disease, is it? I. God, you get, no, back, you get vaccinated against it, don't you? So I would imagine that it must be. Yeah, unless there's a I different so. word. That's, just, for that's it. really bad that we don't know that. Actually, it's a good thing <laughs> that we don't know that. We it don't is. have to worry about that it, means right? It that the uh, medical community has done its job. Yes. And that was the point. The point was. In this book, Christensen lays out this framework uh, that he applies to medicine, but he says every industry goes through. And he basically has three phases. And we ended up writing a blog post about this. So you can find more about what we're talking about in the blog post. Uh, but he describes the first one related to medicine as intuitive medicine. And I'm going to quote from the book, so I no screw-ups here. Intuitive medicine as care for conditions that can be diagnosed only by their symptoms and only treated with therapies whose efficacy is uncertain. By its very nature, intuitive medicine depends upon the skill and judgment of capable but costly physicians. Then you would move to the phase called empirical medicine. Uh, the practice of empirical medicine occurs when a field has progressed into an era of quote-unquote pattern recognition, when correlations between actions and outcomes are consistent enough that results 
can be predicted in probabilistic terms. And then finally, you move on to precision medicine, the provision of care for diseases that can be precisely diagnosed, whose causes are understood, and which consequently can be treated with rules-based therapies that are predictably effective. That's where I was trying to think about infectious diseases because many of those are in that latter category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's setting this up to, to help understand why the healthcare system in one way is broken because you have hospitals, for the most part, who try to solve all of these within the same business model. And his argument is, no, you need different people, different business models to solve those. He puts something at like strep throat as uh, the extent of understanding a mechanism causing disease is very precise. We know exactly how to figure out what strep throat is, and we know exactly how to cure it for the most part, though there is this now new form of strep throat that kills people. But that's at one end of the scale. The other end of the scale is something like depression or chronic back pain. We don't really understand at all, so it's very intuitive what causes it, and it's very intuitive how to treat it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the framework, and we applied it to marketing specifically healthcare marketing. And our point was, uh, we have been talking about measurement last time, right, Adam? Mm-hmm. And how difficult it is sometimes to prove what you're doing in marketing. And we thought this framework uh, would help explain why it's difficult because we're in the intuitive state in healthcare marketing. Meaning, uh, again, to quote, go back, uh, conditions, so think about marketing challenges, can be diagnosed only by their symptoms and only treated with therapies whose efficacy is uncertain. By its very nature, intuitive marketing depends upon the skill and judgment of capable, costly physicians. This brings to mind for me uh, when we did a marketing plan once for a, an organization, a hospital system, and we had you know a nice, comprehensive, sophisticated plan. And they said, "Now, are you going to be? A, can you prove that this plan that we're spending X hundreds of thousands of dollars on will bring will lead to X?" thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars in profit or contribution margin and we had to say no because we can't prove that Mm -hmm. and it's understandable why those in healthcare would want that right because part of their world is hey this is strep throat we know it's strep throat the culture says it's strep throat and here's how you cure it we can't you do that with marketing so that was part of our way of trying to help explain this you guys still with me Mm -hmm. on that yeah yeah, anything you want to add to that? We posed some questions I'll float here in a second. Uh, we got some good feedback on this too. Uh, again, during the tweet chat on Friday, people were talking about measurement. And for some reason, it always goes to social media, which bugs me a little because there's so much more that we can't measure. Let's not just talk about social media. <laughs> uh, somebody said, see uh, Interval's blog post, executive teams would like a simple math approach to social medicine, social media. Five tweets plus two wall posts equal one referral. And then in parentheses, that's not the reality. Right? Mm-hmm. So one of the questions we posted was, which strategies and tactics in healthcare marketing uh, are intuitive? Well, they're most of them. But which are empirical? And are there any that are precision? Can you guys think of anything that we do or are asked to do that would fall into empirical or precision realms as we described them from the book? I have one, but. I'll stump the Uh, podcasters. It's like a pop quiz. I don't know. I don't know. No. Well, an example we gave in the blog post was uh, joint pain marketing. Joint replacement marketing is, I guess, the 
service lines, orthopedic marketing. Uh, you, if you did enough campaigns where you're running joint pain seminars, you can get it down to a, not quite a science, but pretty empirical to say, hey, if we invite 10,000 people on this list, and this list has been qualified this way, we can expect 1,000 people to show up, and, or not 1,000, 100 people to show up. And if we get 100 people to show up, if we provide this kind of content, uh, and you've run this enough times to know that a surgeon leads to better success than a nurse practitioner giving a presentation, uh, this would lead to 10 consults, which would lead to three joint replacement surgeries. So that's, it's not a guarantee. It's not the strep throat example, but it's empirical. It's in the middle there. Right. Where A plus B plus C should equal D, mm -hmm. relatively speaking. One that I thought of was, um, well, that's, I'm not going to throw that example. That's a bad one. Never mind. <laughs> Are there others? Not that I can think Crickets? of. Yeah. Crickets? How about <laughs> other industries? Because I think healthcare is different. Uh, I think that some industries have it down to precision. The, the example I would throw out is the wireless industry. They have a very clear statistical model for what the lifetime value of any customer is. So in other words, if we can get somebody to agree to a two-year plan for our cell phone, we can pretty much know that this person will bring us X revenue over their lifetimes, averaged out because they have so many people mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they can run these numbers on, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can, they, they've <clears throat> run enough campaigns where they can go, if we offer this, if we offer a phone at half price, if we offer uh, certain services or features, that this would lead to this, it's almost like a tap that they can turn on. And they can say, well, if we need this much more business, we can turn the tap this far or this far. Right. Faucet is what I'm alluding to. <laughs> so almost precision, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a good example? I think yeah. so. I think so. You know, it's, healthcare is a tricky, it's, it's, a, it's a funky industry. And when you, when you compare it to <clears throat> wireless, for example, you know, with wireless, you can, everybody can be a number. It doesn't really matter. Customer service, whatever. You know, everybody, I don't think, I can count the number of times I've had good customer experience from my wireless providers on one finger and the, the bad experiences on two hands, probably. Um, I don't, it's, it's different in healthcare, I think, because so many more people have the mindset of that people aren't numbers. And I think it's harder for providers, marketers, leaders, probably people on every level. I don't think, but I don't think this goes to everybody to, to, to boil it down sometimes to those numbers and say, and like for, for adding a new service to the organization, for example, making a, a marketing decision around that. It's more like, well, you know, does it come down to the numbers or does it come down to, we want to make this service available to our community? Sure. Um, it's just, it's such a different mm -hmm. industry. I can't think of another industry that has that same problem i don't know if that problem is the right word but yeah. yeah well it's complex right i mean it's not buying a cell phone which is there's only so many ways to slice and dice that it's it's a service not a product right. though some of the some of what you do with a cell phone is a service but uh it's not a transaction typically i mean there can be transactions in healthcare, but uh, the relationship is more important. It's very complex. We talked last time about so many organizations not having the systems in place to measure this, even if they wanted to. Uh, so there's lots of reasons for that. Uh, but unfortunately, you still get people saying, hey, 
if you can't show positive financial ROI on this effort in three months, we're not doing it. Uh, but but if we can somehow figure out how to take this framework that that Clayton Christensen is applying to medicine, and and he starts off by saying all industries go through this. By the way, he, he uses the automotive industry, uh, you know, where Henry Ford really changed things by creating the assembly line to make this something that could be mass produced, whereas before it was done by hand, or other examples of that, uh, where you go from intuitive to empirical to precision. Uh, I wonder mm -hmm. if, health, or if marketing will ever be fully precision. Maybe once things go completely, utterly digital and everything in our life is digital. And we all have chips in our brain <laughs> that measure what we think and what we do and where we are every second of the day. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Won't that be fun? That'll <laughs> be very precision. We're kind of almost there, right? Because you can get stuff. Thought. I think you can. I get, know. Can, you get, can you get RFID chips or something similar implanted in your kids? I don't know about kids. I know pets. Pets, pets for, for sure. sure. But isn't there something like with kids where, really? yeah, for like to track them. So if somebody, your kid gets lost or. I, I don't know why not. I think not. I would know as a parent of three. <laughs> I know for, if you're right, for pets I don't know, for do sure. You have, do you have an yeah. iPhone app that's tracking the location of your children right now? Uh, no. Based on their iPhone. No, I will <laughs> say today we're going to the cell phone store to get a, a phone for my son who's going to sixth grade. So he's, he, the tether is getting longer. He's going out and about. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we think it's time. I think but so. But I have been looking at, there are packages where you can literally track his movement using <laughs> GPS. That's a little creepy. Don't that's you kind of creepy? That's yeah. really creepy. You know, we're, Talk you know, about helicopter parents. And I started thinking about it. <laughs> since we're going to be having a child in January, I've been thinking about this stuff too. And you know, I was thinking about mobile devices, and I was like, yeah, I'd probably want my kid to have something, probably right around, I think that's a good age, right around sixth grade. He's just getting into junior high. It's either getting out, doing their own thing. You're not, mm -hmm. yep. they're a little more independent. Um, it seems like a good time to be able to have them be able to reach you or you be able to reach them right. when you need to. Um, but I don't think I would have any desire to be able to, well, I shouldn't say any desire. I don't think I would want to be <laughs> that parent who tracks, who's looking at the map, watching the dot move. Yeah. to see where my child is at all times. It, it would be nice to have that ability. Right. So like if my son says, I'm going to my friend's house, and then he doesn't show up, that I can go log on somewhere and say, oh, he's there, he just forgot to call, or right. what the hell is he doing in Brooklyn Park? We got a problem. Uh, but I, <laughs> but it would scare me. If I think it would just be creepy. Plus, how is he ever supposed to trust you? Well, there's, there's, you're removing right. that yeah. layer of trust. I mean, that's got their funky relationships are going to develop when the child knows that you can see where they are. They already have at, at all times in this country. Right. With parents who like call college professors and say, oh, why did you yeah. give my son a C and spend time in the dorms? Jackie's looking at me. Did you have this happen? You're of that age. <laughs> no. I mean, when I was growing up, living at home with your parents was the last thing in the world right. you want to do. Right. You right. want to get away from this as soon as possible. You were out on your yep. own yep. starting right out of high school. And now it's just unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know. There's good and bad to it. But I even have friends that have kids with, you know, in high school. And they check in with them all the time. And I just think, well, how are they ever supposed to feel independent? Right. Well, there was a time without cell phones. And everyone seemed to survive and get along. And yes. I didn't have a cell phone until I went to college, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might have been kind of a late bloomer. But yeah, that's just how much I didn't have one until after college, yeah. I didn't spiraled. have one in college at all. I think yeah. about half the kids in my son's class last year, maybe not half, maybe a third to half had cell phones. So that was fifth grade. Mm -hmm. 
So he's not like one of those that had it like in first grade, but he's also not, he's not going to wait till college. Right. Well, so. that was a long time ago that I was in college, so. So long ago. <laughs> well, I also, you know, now, and now that we're, you know, we're selling our home, building a new home, we've never, we, I haven't had a landline in like five, oh God, more than that. I haven't had a landline in probably 10 years, yeah. ever since I had a, got a cell phone, basically. So now it's like, well, once you have children, is it important to have a landline? It seems like you probably are going to want to have landlines. So yeah, I learn. do, for that reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of a lot of interesting things that None of which have anything to do with healthcare marketing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay, because this is our podcast, and we can talk about whatever we want to. All right, one more question from the last topic, and then we'll move on. At the end of the blog post, I kind of threw this out. I said, you know, I believe that if you use this framework, intuitive, precision, empirical, oops, I got that backwards, um, and apply it to marketing, I think it's right. But it also feels like a cop-out a little bit. Like, hey, we're in the intuitive state of marketing. There's only so much we can do. And I, and I really stress that people should be moving toward empirical approaches and precision, if at all possible, mm-hmm. uh, as much as possible. Uh, I think it's hard, but I just feel like we can't use that as an excuse and say, hey, it's, it's, it's an art, not a science, and this is voodoo, and you have to trust us. And <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, right. But I just think that that, we're, we're in a industry that's numbers driven and they're just, whether or not it's fair or not, they're not going to let you get away with it. Right. That. Well, and the other thing that scares me a little bit about everything going by the numbers is not trying anything new. I mean, when you go by the numbers, mm-hmm. a lot of times that's only, it means you're doing stuff that's tried and true. Right. You're doing things that other people have done and have proven results. Um, that leaves very little room for, innovation or doing things new nice. and totally out there. So yeah. I wouldn't want to get stuck right. in that trap. That's too a good deeply. point. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So moving on to our final segment ads, we love, uh, we're going to try something new here because this ad that we love is, um, very much, I mean, there's visual to it, but the audio is pretty humorous. So we're going to play it and then we're going to figure out how to make sure you can hear it <laughs> by the time this goes live. Um, but it's an ad for WordLock, which is a bike lock, uh, which instead of using numbers, has letters. And what's interesting is, Jackie, you brought this to the table. Uh, I actually bought one of these. Uh, and I'll tell you, I was sorely disappointed right off the bat because I assumed I could make whatever word I wanted to, and I can't. So in other words, it's got like only 12 letters to a dial. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't spell out the one word I wanted to use which is my password for everything else in the world, or one of them. Really? So I could remember it. So I had to make up something close to it, which now I had to put in like my password software <laughs> so I could remember what it was. But that was my disappointment. But still, I thought, hey, this is cool. And I got it from my son, too. Yeah, that's a cool concept. So let's go ahead and play the ad, and then we'll, uh, we'll joke about it. With over 3,900 pounds of cut strength, WordLock is a serious security device. But when you found out you could set your own combination... Poop was the first thing that popped into your head, wasn't it? Sure, you could have chosen poet, or luck, or bored, or tiny, or LOL, 10,000 different options. But no, you went right to poop, didn't you? Word lock. In a word, secure. Oh, all right. So, Adam, you hit it right there. What's great about this is it's hilarious, right? which makes it memorable. Mm-hmm. But it, it's funny in a way that demonstrates the benefit of this product. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Well, when I first saw the title, I, I didn't see the ad yet, just the title on the YouTube page. I thought I said Warlock at first. I was like, dang, some medieval magic <laughs> show about to come on here. Talk about like, innovation. I mean, yeah. th- th- how, long have, how long have locks been around? Right. Centuries? Decades? And, more, and it took like six months ago for someone to figure out, you know, instead of numbers, let's try letters. Hello? I mean, how obvious is it in retrospect, yet it, it wasn't around? Can you move the, are the dials affixed in place, or can you move them around to make the... You can move them to make whatever... So you basically you pull it apart, and you can rearrange the dial sliders, or no no the di- there's like it's just like a combination lock where you mm-hmm. have like little dials mm-hmm. and each dial has roughly 12 letters on it right and you can order those you know five or four however many and line up whatever letters you want the problem is each dial doesn't have 26 letters right. on it so you can't make any word you want right that which was my frustration see the thing the thing that scares me a little bit about that versus numbers is with numbers there's no there doesn't have to be a logic to the sequence so if those were numbers on each dial, any combination of any of those yeah, would but work. but you could do that with this, too. Well, yeah, but then it'd be like, it, rather than, I mean, the point here is to make up words that you can remember easily. Yes. Right? So now, yeah. if someone was going to try to break into your lock, all they really have to do is sit Dude, there and make all the words. If there's four dials, can, I don't know the math, 12 times 12 times 12 times 12, they what does that was, equal? They said there were 10,000 combinations. Yeah, but you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't just multiply it like that. You could do that with yeah. numbers because... Well, if, if you're just oh, talking about oh, words. Because you're going to eliminate all the non-words. Right. Which, you do, of course, you don't have to. I mean, you could make a non-word. Well, how about this then? You, you said want. that there was ten, the ad says there's 10,000 combinations. Mm-hmm. 12 times 12 so. times 12 times 12 is more than 10,000. Definitely. Because 12 times 12 is 144 times 12 is, well, no, maybe not. I was thinking maybe the 10,000 combinations were actual words and they were eliminating the others. It has to be Still, dude, nobody's going to sit there and try to guess words. Yeah, I, I Unless you were stupid and put like bike <laughs> or lock or poop <laughs> yeah. or poop. Yeah, nobody can use poop now, right? Dang it. That's, that's a great ad, though. I it's mean, just the, 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 the humor is awesome. Yes. Right yeah. the and it kind of shows really our good. unfortunate sense of humor. Sense of humor. <laughs> that we find that one really appealing <laughs> so we'll provide a we'll provide a link to that i saw another ad this weekend one that we've covered in the past but it's another version of it it's the one is it an insurance one with the babies talking it's like an, it's like the baby's sitting sitting there like on the computer doing something and oh it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah human the no, that's e-trade. e-trade e-trade there's yeah. a new one for that a new one yeah where maybe or maybe it's just old and i'm seeing it now but the, the there's there's two kids sitting there and at some one of them starts singing Yes. Have you seen that one? That one's, I can't that was it was. not new. It just was never released before. Oh, uh, okay. It's I been saw out it on, on TV. Okay. He sings um, Broken Wings. Broken Wings. Right. By. <laughs> by Bad. A, I hated that band in the 80s. Mr. 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 These Broken Wings. Yes. <laughs> Mr. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, there's funnier ones, I though. Haven't if you haven't, one. There's ones they haven't released as ads that are on their yeah, website. Yeah, yeah, like when the mom videos. comes in and the one baby's checking her out. It's <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like, dude. <laughs> That's pretty good, too. They are and good. you know what? I don't think we provided a link to this book. We did. did we? It's, yeah, we did. Did we? Yep. Okay, cool. Then we but won't do that we again. Could, or maybe yeah. we could do we it could, again. We'll, up, we'll put it in there again. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. <laughs> a mystery for you. You'll have to check and find You'll out. You'll just have to check and find out. On the edge of your seats. Okay, we should probably end there before we sub-reference again. All right, so for Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. Jackie Ritacco. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.